God, for just being with us on today. And God, I know that you're here in this place. And God, I thank you for manifesting yourself in this place. In whichever way you choose to manifest yourself, God, you have permission in this place. God, I thank you for our helper, which is the Holy Spirit. Father God, we open up our hearts on today to receive the engrafted word with meekness because, God, we know that it shall save our soul. So, Father, I humbly submit myself to you on today. Do what you want to do. Say what you want to say unto your people. Father, I thank you that it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who live in me because I have been crucified with Christ. So, God, I give you glory, I give you honor, and I give you praise for what you have already done. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's see what the Lord want to do in this place. But I keep hearing in my spirit, waiting on the Lord. When we wait on the Lord, it's not like we just stand or sit idle waiting. We wait because we have a certainty. We have a surety that God has already done what he needs to do. So I want to encourage those in this room on today. Learn to wait on God. Learn to be still and know that he is God. When you're still and you knowing that he is God, then you don't have to work. You don't have to do nothing but trust in him with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding, but acknowledge him in all your ways, and he shall direct your paths. How do you know that you're acknowledging him? Because you're not doing it yourself. Because you're putting it right before God. You're putting the plan. You're putting everything before him and say, God, it's not about me. It's all about what you want to do in my life. So look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, learn to wait on the Lord. And in your waiting, you will see manifestation. Come on, tell them again. Say, neighbor, learn to wait on the Lord. And in your waiting, you will see, you will see, you shall see manifestation. And I want to encourage those that have been waiting. You have been waiting, waiting. Waiting and anticipating. I'm encouraging those that have truly been waiting and not doing it yourself. Your manifestation has already come. It's already here right now. And you need to be glorifying God for what he's doing on the here and right now. Don't be waiting and say, well, God, when, why, God? Just say, God, I thank you. That outside of how I feel, you have already done what need to be done. I'm going to tell you, God, y'all, God is so awesome. And I'm going to tell you, even on waiting on the Lord and trusting in him, because day by day, we have to trust in him. God said that we don't even be worried about tomorrow. Because tomorrow will take care of itself. So if we don't be worried about tomorrow, we in this day here. So we should know in this day, God has already given us our daily bread. We don't have to be searching. We don't have to be looking. We're just thanking God for this day. And I'm here to tell you that God is still doing things outside of us. And y'all remember how I was telling you that um, my daughter got scholarship after scholarship after scholarship, right? And God had manifested itself in that. I was sitting in the office about a week ago, and the school had called where she's going, and they said, we've been trying to get up with your daughter. We've been emailing her and can't get up with her. And so she said, I want her to know that we have a scholarship. 
And this scholarship is just not for anybody. It's for who we have to pick out of all these people. And your daughter was chosen. And they said, this scholarship, we're going to give her 5000 a year. And we need for her to get up with us so she can, y'all, I'm telling you something. This is why I'm telling you these things. It was nothing that we done but wait. Everybody was telling us what she need to do, but God said, no, I want you to wait. Not only that, when we went for registration, here's a free laptop. I'm telling you, everything was just falling in place. So what am I telling you? When you wait on the Lord and not trying to do it yourself, God already has something in the midst of it. So I'm encouraging you, wait on the Lord. Don't just go on how you feel because you should know that victory is in him. Not in you, it's in him. And when you allow him to do it, you know it's nothing you done. But guess what, y'all? It's more to come. God ain't through yet. Why? Because he know we're trusting him. We're trusting, we're leaning and depending on him. We're taking our hands out of it and whatever God say. That's what it is. Y'all need to be giving him glory for what he's already done. Y'all need to be giving him honor for what he's already done. Because God is a good, good God. Yes, he is. And I'm not just saying that because of what they told me. I knew he was good before I even got the telephone call. So that's what we have to stand on. We have to be still and know that he's God. Our ways are not his ways, y'all. Our thoughts are not his thoughts. And the only way our ways and thoughts can be his ways and thoughts is when we come into alignment with what he's doing. God want all of us to start coming into alignment. No matter how bad it look, what did God say? Have we spent enough time with God to hear what he's saying, y'all, about the situation? I have learned this. When we went on man to give us an answer, especially unsaved people, to give us an answer, that means we don't trust our God. That means we waiting on them to say yes instead of knowing that the word said in Christ, all the promises, every last one of them, in him is yes and in him is amen. So I want to encourage you today, don't get in a hurry. Flesh want to get in a hurry. Flesh want a good feeling. I'm trying to tell you, it ain't about no good feeling all the time. It ain't about your flesh. It's about walking in the spirit. I can get a good feeling, but that don't mean God's in that good feeling. You got to have the peace of God that passes all understanding that will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Amen. So let's hear what God has to say through this word on today. Open your Bibles to James chapter 1. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. God, we thank you. And God, right now, in the name of Jesus, I bind God every hindering spirit that will come in and hinder to stop us from receiving this word on today. In Jesus' name. Go with me to James chapter 1, verse 22. And I'm going to go down to verse 23. 
James chapter 1, verse 22 and verse 23. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he's like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. Let me go back to 22. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only. Deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like unto a man beholding his natural face in the glass. I want to talk about applying the word of God. Applying the word of God. I'm going to tell you, God will give you a word if you just wait on him. Sometimes we think this is the word that God want to give unto his people. And y'all is so good when... You have a word that you're going to present and everything just boom, 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 boom. And then when you're sitting before the Lord and all of a sudden God said, no, I want you to talk on applying the word of God. I'm like, "Mm, I just had all of that other stuff. God, come on now. So you got to sit there and you got to wait to know where God is carrying you through the word. And this is why you have to stay so full of the word, because when you stay in the word, you're getting full of the word. So when God is giving you something, the scriptures just begin to flow. So God gave me this on applying the word because it's so many people out here that are Christians that are trying to do things outside of the will of God. They're trying to do things outside of the word of God. First of all, if you don't go into the word of God, being born again, getting your spiritual food, you're not going to know what the will of God is for your life. You're not going to know what God would have for you to do. We have so many Christians walking around saying they're saved, but their lives are not lining up with what they're saying. And the reason why some people's lives are not lining up because you're not taking the word for what it is. The Bible says that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. This is how we live as spiritual beings. There is no way that you can carry out what God wants you to carry out without his word. You have to have the word of God living and abiding on the inside of you. And when you have his word on the inside of you, no matter what comes up in your life, you're going to have the bread of life. Because Jesus is the bread of life. And if we eat this bread of life every day, we're going to be ready for whatever comes up in our lives unexpectedly. Don't think just because you say things ain't going to come hit you every now and then. Don't think just because you saved, you ain't going to get low on cash every now and then. Because even though you pay your tithes, even though you give your alms, even though you do what the word of God tell you to do, sometimes it looks like it just ain't enough. But God wants us to know he is enough. So when we know that he is the bread of life and we're in the word of God, then we shouldn't have to worry. That's why he told him in Matthew 6, take no thought for your life. What you should wear, what you should drink, you know, how you shall be clothed. He said, take no thought for your life. We shouldn't even be worried about these things, but we have a father who's already provided these things for us. So God wants his people to know you can hear the word. Some of us say we hear it, but if you're hearing it, you're supposed to be doing it. Doing it means I'm applying it to my life. So he was saying, Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. So as I was meditating on that verse, God even took me back to salvation. 
When it comes to salvation in Romans 10, turn with me to Romans 10. We're getting a little lesson today, so don't fall asleep on me. You better wake up. You better shake yourself loose. Even if you got to stand up where you are to hold your Bible up to, to hear and see what God's saying, I advise you to do it. Why? Because you're going to need this, and the enemy know you're going to need it. Come on, fall asleep on your job, you'll be fired. So you're doing all you can do to stay up. you get up from your seat, you'll walk a little bit, you'll come back to your seat, you'll go in the bathroom and try to keep your eyes open, but when it comes to the word, you'll sit right there in your seat and sleep like you in your bed. The devil is a lie. So when we look at Romans 10, we always talk about Romans 10 and we give it to people but there's a key to this Romans 10 when it said be a doer of the word don't only be a do, don't only be a hearer but be a doer when we look at verse 9 in Romans 10 it said that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thy heart that God is raising from the dead thou shalt be saved for with the heart man believe unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation but understand you cannot confess something you don't believe You can't believe on something that you have not heard. You cannot hear it without a preacher, somebody proclaiming it unto you. So the word has to be heard. This is why he said in Romans 10, 17, so faith come by hearing and hearing comes by the word of God. So when you read in this verse of scripture, you don't just tell people to make a confession because if they have not believed in the confession that they're making, which is supposed to come from their heart, they're not going to be able to do what you're asking them to do. We bring so many people to the altar. We tell people, you know, you need to get saved or you go into hell. That's not the gospel. See, people already know where they're going. The gospel is the good news concerning Jesus Christ. Jesus is bringing the good news concerning the kingdom. And in order to accept the kingdom, you have to come through Jesus Christ. So he brings the good news concerning the kingdom. So if we're not telling them this good news of what Jesus have already done, guess what? They cannot believe it because they're not hearing it. We got so many people trying to be so quick to get people saved and saying what they have done. The only thing you have to do is give them the word of life, the word of God, and it's going to quicken them. It's going to bring life unto them for them to accept what's already been done. So it's nothing that we have to do. Salvation has already been done for us through Jesus Christ. So once we tell them about what Jesus have done, they're hearing it, right? So we know faith come by hearing. So they're hearing the word. But guess what? That word is nothing unto them. Even though they're hearing it, they must have belief for that word that they're hearing. And guess how good God is? God sends that faith. He sends all of that for us to believe in this word. So as God sent it and we believe it, guess what? That's when we began to confess it because we have already accepted it. You don't confess anything that you really don't believe. Some people make a confession, but they're not making it from their heart. So in order to be a uh, hearer, you got to hear it first. Faith come by hearing, hearing come by the word of God. But then the next thing is you got to do what you heard. 
You got so many people say they hearing, but they're not doing. You got so many people that's out there confessing that they're Christian, but their lifestyle is not lining up with the word of God, what the word is telling them not to do. So if you are a hearer of the word, you got to do what the word of God is telling you to do. God is saying that his people is missing out on what he's already done because you say you hear, but until you do, you can't get what God has already done. If you hear it, then you're going to have to do it. Why do I do it? Because I believe God, because I trust God, because I know that he is God and he's not going to go back on his word. This is how this works. If God give me a word, it's the word. He's not going to change his mind. So people don't need to be using that. Okay, God told me this right here. But if he pull back, I'll pull back. God don't pull back. If he said it, he ain't going back on it. The Bible said God changes not. So if anybody get a word and the word change, God didn't give it to you. Because God don't change on what he said. He said, I change not. I'm the same today, yesterday, and forever. God said, I am God and not man that I shall lie, neither the son of man that I shall repent. Have I not said it? Shall I not do it? Have I not spoken it? And shall I not make it good? He said, my word is not coming back to heaven void. My word is going out to accomplish what I have sent it to do. And it's going to do what? Prosper in the thing that I have sent it to do. So his word is going to accomplish what he pleases. So for us to say, this ain't what God is saying, something is wrong with that. The devil is a lie because once God give you that word, he ain't changing his mind. And the key is, no matter what we do, God is going to stick to his word. That's just how true God is. How do I know this? I got proof in the pudding. Abraham, he promised him Isaac. But Abraham messed up with Hagar. God didn't change his mind. God still gave Abraham that promise. So what am I telling you? God don't change his mind. We change ours because we don't want to wait on the promise. We don't want to wait on what God have said because we get too much in a hurry thinking that this must not have been God. If you took a promise out of this word to whatever situation you going through, then that's God. So if it looked like it's not working, it's because you didn't believe in what the promise was saying. Because God ain't going to change what's written. Whatever is written is going to be written. He said, heaven and earth shall pass away. He said, but my word, he said, it's going to stand forever. Everything can pass. But God said, my word is going to, it's going to stand forever. He said, my word is forever settled in heaven. Meaning that it's forever. It means it's not going to change. So let's pause for a minute. And let's just think about how we try to make God out of a liar. How that when God tell us something and it looked like it hasn't changed, that we begin to question God and say, wait a minute, God, you said this, so why it ain't happened? The thing is, what God said has already happened. You just ain't reached it yet. Because it's already happened in heaven. 
But God said, I want to teach you how to bring heaven to earth. And the only way you can do that is to believe in the God that you serving. To know that God ain't going to let you down. It don't matter. A man may fire you tomorrow, but God is still God. And if God tell you, you're going to make it and you're going to succeed outside of your job. You're going to have everything you need because I am your shepherd. And you shall not lack. Then I'm going to stand on what he just said. Even though I'm unemployed, you're still my shepherd. And I'm not going to lack. I'm not going to want. Because God, that's what your word says. Are you going to get down when those things happen? Yes. You're human. Are you going to wonder sometime where my next meal going to come from? How I'm going to pay my bills? Yes. But as you begin to wonder about those things, you begin to cast them down. And you begin to be a doer of what you heard. Now, God, if you said it, then God, I'm going to act on what you said. If you said there's another door of opportunity coming up open for me in my life, I ain't going to lay in my bed. I'm going to get up just like I'm working, just like I'm going to the job. I'm going to clock in just like the job is mine. People may call me crazy, but I'm going to stand on what you said because you said it. I'm not going to be lazy and slowful because you said if a man don't work, he ain't going to eat because you end up being a busybody. I'm not going to be a busybody in everybody else's affairs. God, I'm going to get up and praise you for what already belonged to me because you said it was mine. So I'm going to praise you, God, that I already have a job. I don't have to wait on nobody to tell me already have the job. And guess what? Why are you praising him in the midst of your praise? God said, I want you to go to the unemployment office. And I want you to fill out for this job that just come open. See, guess what? I heard. Now it's time for me to do. It's not time for me to say, no, that ain't God. I ain't going up there to embarrass myself. But I'm going to go because God told me to go. See, I'm being a hearer and I'm being a doer of what I heard. So God said in order for his word to work in your life, you can't only hear it. You have to act upon what you heard. And when you act upon what you heard, that's because you believe in who gave you that word, which is God. God is not going to change his mind. So why do we change our mind? I'm going to tell you why. Because we don't believe in the God we serve. We flip flopping. We just like a windshield wiper. Y'all know when it rained, it go back and forth. We happy when everything looked like it's working. But all of a sudden, when it ain't working, we feel like God ain't at work. God is already always working. He just waiting on us to trust him and move as he tell us to move. Now, we're still talking about you can be a hearer. See, when you come into the house of God, you should be ready to hear. You should have your heart open to hear the word. Because every word that God is sending you is for a reason. It's letting you know this is what's missing in your life. This is why things are not manifested in your life. And God was sharing this with me. He said, people are so quick to do what the world tell them to do. So quick. The world tell you to jump, how high? God tell you to jump, that ain't God. God ain't going to tell me to do that. But everything the world tell you to do that they say is going to work, you do it. Because you believe in what they're saying. Why? Because you can see man. And because you believe man know what they're talking about, y'all, it's evident. Like, I noticed, you can go into a department store, you can go into the mall, and you see people that's hanging up clothes, they're at the cash register. 
guess what? We already got faith in those people. We go to those people and say, well, I'm looking for so-and-so. I'm looking for this right here. Can you help me with this? Have y'all ever been in that situation? Can you help me with this? And you feel so good because you know they know about the product. You know that they know what they're talking about. So if they tell you, go look over there in that box, you run into that box. And you go and digging in that box because they told you what you need is over there in that box. You had to hear, but the next thing you had to was do. You had to apply what you heard. Come on, women. Y'all know what I'm talking about when it's a sale on something and you knew it was a sale. You heard about the sale and you running off in the mall, the belts, the dealers, or wherever the sale is. And you say, well, I heard y'all had a sale today. And you knowing what they had a sale on, could you point me into that direction? You heard about the sale, now you're going to act upon that sale. So when they tell you, well, I'm sorry, ma'am, there's no sale on that. Well, let me tell you something. That is misinformation. Now, I come, y'all always use this, my daughter laugh at me. I come 30 miles away. <laughs> 30 miles is a lot when you want to go. I come 30 miles away and somebody need to accommodate me for coming 30 miles away. Next thing I know, she said, well, ma'am, let me see if I can help you. Praise Jesus. Come on, y'all laughing, but don't we do it? We use something to get their attention for them to do what we want them to do. Don't we do it? I come 30 miles away. You got to accommodate me from leaving my house and coming this way. Matter of fact, I used that just this past. Um, me and my husband had to go take a, a tower somewhere to get some software on it, y'all. And I knew I had a plan. You know, you pay for your little plan. You're going to take it where you need to get it fixed. So I come up in there. I called first. They told me to come on out. That's what they told me. Went out there, and the guy said, well, I'm sorry, miss. You're supposed to have an appointment. I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. I called, and they told me. If they had not have told me, I would not be here. They told me, I heard, I'm only doing. Won't God get you? Now, he know what I'm preaching on. Done put me right in the midst of what I'm preaching on. I said, if I hadn't heard what they said, I wouldn't have come. How many miles? I would not have come 30 miles away to bring this to you. Guess what, y'all? The gentleman said, well, I have an appointment, and the next appointment for you is 7 o'clock. It was 5 then. I said, 7 o'clock? He said, yes, that's the only time. I said, listen, I wouldn't be here if someone on that phone had not have told me that they could get me in. So the guy said, well, we have to put you down. I said, okay, well, put me down. I said, so I'll just leave. He said, well, if we get an early appointment and you're not here, you're going to miss that one. I said, just put me down. Guess what, y'all? This gentleman took that towel, put it over there in the corner. He said, my next appointment ain't here yet. Let me see what I can do for you. I heard, and I was doing what I heard. And I knew what I heard, and I was standing on what I heard. Now, why is that when it comes to the world, we're going to stand on exactly what they said. But when it comes to God, we back up when the enemy say, that ain't going to work. We say, sure, you're right. Come on, come on. Y'all know what I'm talking about. We give up on God. But we don't give up. 
on what the girl, we'll sit there and fuss them people out. Then we'll find out we still need some deliverance. But we give up when we got pain in our bodies. And the word said, by Jesus stripes, you were already healed. You heard it. But you're going to lay there in your pain and not act upon what the word is saying. Come on. You know what we do? We're hearing the word, but we're laying there complaining instead of doing what the word says. When we do what the word says, that means we're trusting more in the word of God instead of what our body is dictating us. We're not saying that that's not happening. I recognize, yes, I'm in pain. But the word of God tells me, body by Jesus Christ, you are already healed. That don't mean I got to wait till tomorrow. You heal right now. So if the pain is still there, that does not mean that you're not healed. Because you trust in what God is saying. And you moving, saying, God, I trust you, so I'm not going to let this pain dictate to me what I can and what I cannot do. I'm going to keep it moving because you said I was healed, and I'm commanding my healing, so body, be healed. We're so quick to do what the world says, but when the Bible tells us to do something, we complain. We murmur about what God says. That's what the enemy want. Because he said, I know when you hear that word. He said, some people are going to be a doer of what they hear because they trust God. Because they have such a relationship with him. They said, if God said it, I believe it. And I don't have to see it to know it's already done. Because God is faithful to his word. It reminds me of Samuel. When Samuel became a prophet and everything that God told Samuel. It didn't fall to the ground because Samuel trusted in God's word. So when God spoke the word, Samuel was a doer of that word. So he knew it was already done. So the people, Samuel was the priest. He was, um, you know, the one that was the priest there for them. He was the king. He was just there for them doing what God would allow him to do. He was getting instructions from God. But the people didn't want Samuel no more. God said, if they're rejecting you, Samuel, they're rejecting me. He says, so give the people what they want. See, at times in our lives, when we're not taking what God has already provided, God said, give them what they want. Sometimes they have to see that what they want is not what's best for them. So give them what they want. They say, we want a king just like everybody else. We want to have somebody to rule over us. So, you know, they gave Saul unto them. But God ended up telling them, this is what's going to happen with your king. It didn't matter. Because when a person have their mind made up, how many know they're going to do whatever they want to do outside of even what the word says because they think they know more than God. So y'all know Saul became their king. And God gave Saul instructions by Samuel. And this is what I want to talk about. In the Old Testament, God spoke to, through the prophets because they were a mouthpiece for God. So whatever the prophets heard from God, then they would deliver it to the kings or they would deliver it to whomever God wanted them to deliver it to. But now today, I don't have to wait on no prophet to tell me nothing because I have the word for myself. See, some of y'all waiting on prophets to tell you what's going to happen in your life when you need to have that relationship with God to hear God for yourself. 
So they were waiting on um, Samuel. Samuel anointed um, Saul. So Saul became king. So God said, okay, this is what I want you to do, Saul. I want you to literally destroy all the Amalekites. He said, mother, child, husband, you know, men, women, um, even the animals. I want you to literally get rid of all of them. Samuel gave him those instructions from God. So he heard it. Is that not right? After you hear, you got to do what God is saying. So Saul went out and he saved the best cattle. He even saved the king, but everything that was vile, he literally got rid of it. So he thought he'd done what he needed to do for God. Ain't that something? Y'all, don't we get like that? We do half of what God tell us to do, and we think that God's going to be pleased with that. But then God began to talk to Samuel. Thank God Samuel could hear God. He was that prophet. And he told Samuel about what Saul had done. So Samuel went to Saul, and Saul began to make excuses. He didn't do what God told him to do. So guess what? Samuel took it upon himself to kill that king because he was doing exactly what God wanted to be done. He, he heard the word. Saul heard the word, but he didn't do all what God told him to do. God said, since you rejected my word, he said, I'm going to reject you as being king. What am I saying to you today? We hear what this word tell us to do. When you do opposite of God's word, you reject in him. And when you reject him, guess what? The covering that's upon you, you allowing the enemy to come right in your house. And we're wondering why things are happening in our house and why we're going through certain things because we reject the word. How I reject the word, I hear it, but I'm not doing it. So guess what? You're giving the enemy lead way to come do what he want to do. This is why it's so important to know if Jesus done away with sin, that means that we don't supposed to be living in sin because sin has been dealt with. For by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works that we should boast. So if I know what God has done, then why am I going to do something that he's already done taken care of? I'm rejecting his word. I'm hearing what the word is saying, but I'm saying to myself, I'm going to do like I want to do. I'm going to be a Saul. So by Saul rejecting God, rejecting his word, he went into rebellion. That's what come in the house. And when rebellion came into the house, it was like witchcraft. And then there was stubbornness. And then there was iniquity. Do you wonder why people have witchcraft all around them? Because when you reject God, you're rejecting his word and you're allowing the enemy to have inroad in your life. It's not only with rebellion. It's with gossip. When God tell you not to be a tail, a talk, tail bear, a tall bear. When he tell you not to be a busybody and you being a busybody, you hearing what the word is saying, but then you do an opposite of what the word is saying. You already allowed the enemy to come in your house. So God said, I want you to be a hearer of my word, but I want you to be a doer. And the only way that you can be a doer is to believe what my word is saying. And if you believe my word, you believe in me. So God began to even show me after he was showing me Saul Y'all know, go back to the Garden of Eden, and I'm going over stuff we're familiar with, but they heard the word, right? Adam and Eve heard the word. We have a choice. When we hear the word of God, God give us a choice. He give us a will. He said, you can either obey or not obey. 
We have to choose life, y'all. You know, death is before us and life is before us, but we have to choose. They chose death, did they not? So they chose a way that put all of us under what? Under sin. But God had a way through Jesus Christ for us to be accepted again, which is through Jesus. So when we take that way, guess what? Sin is already dealt with. And if we know sin is dealt with, we're not going to allow sin to come up in our house to bring destruction, to bring death. Sin represents death, y'all. So this is why we have to, first of all, how do we handle these things with being a doer of the word? First, when you hear the word. You're not going to just hear it. You're going to begin to say, God, what are you saying to me? See, this is our problem. You may be hearing this word today on applying the word of God. If you leave out of here and don't take what you heard seriously, then guess what's going to happen? The Bible tells you in that next verse in James 1, um, 23, he said, it's just like a man looking into a mirror and he's seeing himself. And he leave that mirror and he forgetteth what he looked like. That's how it is when you hear the word and don't be a doer of that word. So anytime you come into the house of God, you don't just come into the house of God just to say, I've been here. You coming into the house of God to hear what God has to say unto you. I don't care how many times you may have read James 1. You don't come in here with an attitude when I read it and say, I already know that. See, that'll mess you up when you're trying to say what I already know. See, you ain't even ready to hear the word. And that takes me back when I look at um, Naaman. Naaman, you know, he went to go see Elijah because he had leprosy. When he went to go see Elijah, Elijah gave him a word from the Lord. Remember now, he heard it. He said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go into this river and I want you to dip seven times. You're going to come up clean. Naaman, he thought that he was such this and such that. Who is he to tell me to go into these rivers? Why didn't he tell me to go into this river? Because he was looking at that river was better than the ones that he told him to go into. So the problem with Naaman was, before I get to his problem, he had somebody with him. He said, if he told you to do some great thing, I'm getting there. He said, wouldn't you have done that? See, this is where we are. When somebody give you a word, I'm going to tell you how it is for me, a pastor. If I talk to you on the phone and I'm giving you the word of God, then you're supposed to be able to hear but do what the word is telling you to do. When you get prideful, that's where Naaman was. He was very prideful. When you get pride in your life and say, she my pastor. She can't even come over here and lay hands on me and, and, and talk to me. She thinks she better than anybody else. Just miss your healing. Because see, people are so much in tradition. They think you're supposed to be here. You're supposed to be there. You're supposed to be everywhere. But when you're in a teaching church that shows you how to apply the word of God to your life, you don't have to wait on me or nobody else to come to your house. You're supposed to rise up and you're supposed to hear this word today. When something come up in your life, you begin to apply and do what you heard. It's too many people waiting on pastors to heal you, to deliver. Jesus done done all that. My job is to give you the word. Your job is to take it out with you and believe it and apply it. Oh, my goodness. Something is wrong. And then the church people talk about you. 
way your past. She ain't got here yet. Oh, she been here all the time. Because she raised me up with this word. She taught me to get the word for myself. So if she never show up, I know who I am in him. Oh, my God. Because, see, I come to church and I come to Bible study. So I know what the word has to say. When she give it to me, I hear it. And when I hear it, I go home and I study to show myself approved. A workman that need not to be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth. Not only do I study it, y'all, I meditate on it. I begin to chew on it for myself. Because, see, pastor already done chewed on it. She already chewed on it, so she's giving us what she's been meditating on. So it's for us to take what she's given us and go back in it for ourselves and say, Holy Spirit, I need some illumination. I need to taste and see how good this word is to me. Because I know it's good to her because her life is reflecting what she's teaching. So I want it to be mm, mm, good. Y'all don't hear me. Jennifer, get up and get your run on, baby, because God going to do something. Come on, just get your run on. Just get your run on. Let God have his way. Let him have his way, baby. Let him have his way. See, she heard, and she's doing what she heard, and God is going to manifest himself even in the midst of it. Oh, taste and see that the Lord, he is good, y'all. He's so, 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 so good. Ain't he good? Look at your neighbor and say, he's good. Say, he's real good. Come on and give him glory for being so good. Come on, he's good. Oh, yes, he's good. Hallelujah, God is so, 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 so good. Oh, yes, he is. Yes, he is. God is good. Y'all, we got it mixed up. We got it mixed up in the church. This is why pastors are leaving here early. They're allowing the people to run their lives. They're allowing the people. I'm getting somewhere with Saul. See, Saul's excuse was because the people told me he'd rather obey the people than obey God. See, that's what makes it so hard for a pastor. They got the people over here and they got God over here. So they're hearing more from the people than they're hearing from God. So they go over here with the people because they want to look good in the people's eyes because they know if they don't do what the people want them to do, they're going to quit paying the tithes or they're going to quit showing up for church. Well, quit showing up because God got some rams in the bush. If you don't want to come no more, I'm going to still obey. I'm going to still do what God told me to do. So if you choose not to be here, that's on you. As for me and my we're going to serve the Lord. That's why Peter and John says, they said, don't preach in that name no more. They said, I'd rather obey God than obey man. Guess what? They couldn't do nothing with them. 
Why? Because God was on their side. He said, if I can be for you, who can be against you? So we see there was Naaman. Naaman come in pride, come with his little gifts. He come with money. Y'all know what money will do for you. Let somebody put some money in front of you. You love your worst enemy. You love your enemy. They put some money in front of you. TJ, you love them good. According to how much you want to lay down, Julia. Your enemy, you talking about them. They talking about you. All of a sudden, they give you a million dollar check. Oh, baby. What happened to the hate? The hate is still there. Because after that money is gone, you still hate So, old Naaman, he come in pride. But he got checked right where he was. He got the word. Only thing he had to do, y'all, was do what the word said. He didn't need Elijah to come out. I thought he was going to come stand before me. I thought he was going to come lay his hands on me. And only thing Elijah said, boy, you better get to dipping. I done told you what God said. I ain't telling you nothing else. I ain't laying no hands. I ain't even coming to stand before you. If you want to be stuck with your own leprosy, get stuck. I'm out of the picture. I can't do no more but what God said. So he was, he was the one telling him what God said. And matter of fact, he sent a messenger. Can y'all imagine? Brother Willie come to me and say, Pastor, so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. Okay, Brother Willie, give him this word. Old Brother Willie come up in there with the word and they say well where's pastor she couldn't come give me the word she had to send you that just don't make no sense you go tell her I'm withdrawing my membership brother Willie said well the word is the word it don't matter who it come from so if you don't want to receive it that's on you I done delivered the message if you want to withdraw your membership we'll take it brother Willie shouldn't be standing there hold on a minute pastor Because you know what he's going to hear next? Click up. He's going to be so embarrassed. Brother Willie's going to be acting, trying to play it off. He's going to need some deliverance. He's going to be like, yeah, Pastor, yeah, Pastor. Now you're going in the line. Because Pastor ain't on the phone no more. He's going to try to make an excuse to keep a member. The member was never there. You just found out the attitude of the member. When do you send them the message? Girl, I'm telling you, you figure some people out. The Holy Ghost will show you some people. So guess what? The servant that was with him, y'all know what he told him. All of a sudden, Naaman, he began to dip. Humility came. See, when you know what the word is saying and you believe the word, you'll get rid of that pride. You'll be humble because you know nobody can help you but God. God resists the proud, but he gives grace unto the humble. Come on, when you get into a place, fivefold ministry, you got some in the fivefold thinking they can do it better than anybody else. You full of pride. Because God, when he gives you the word, he makes the word so simple that even a child would react to that word. And I'm going to give you an example. My little Jayana, when she was little, could not even talk. I used to call her a prophetess. That's my little prophetess. Always would say that. And that girl, that mouth, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> we was riding in the car, and all of a sudden, Gianna said, Me, mom. She said, When I get older, you up there preaching, I'm going to be preaching right with you. I said, She said, Because I'm the prophetess. 
I said, all right, all right, Jayana. What you going to say to them, Jayana? Tell me, girl, what you going to say? She said, I'm going to say you need to obey adults. Because adults, you need to obey adults because adults know what they be saying. And I mean, the girl would never shut up. And I'm like, preach, girl, preach. But she said, I'm going to be a little prophetess. That's what she believed. And some things that she said, you know God had to give her what she was saying. Give you another example. See, when you're around kids and you raise them up with the word and you begin to sing songs unto them, they remember in situations. After her mama had the baby, she was kind of down. And Yana had called me telling me her mom was down. And I said, okay, Yana. Next thing I know, the mom called me back and said, Yana was singing to her. One, two, three. You have the victory. One, two, three. You have the victory. She heard it through her aunt. And the song come back up through her. And she gave it to her mother. What am I saying? She heard. And she began to act. And she began to apply what she heard. So this is what we have to do. When you come up in here and you're hearing this word, it's just not for you to hear it. It's for you to apply it to your life. And the only way you can apply it is to go back in it and get it for yourself. So these men and women of God, they heard the word and they did what the word said. And guess what? God manifests himself through that word. Now let's talk about what's stopping us. What's stopping us from applying this word, from doing what the word said? One thing that's stopping us is, if you don't get in it, I feel this in my spirit. It's people not in this Bible. You're saying all you want to say, but if you ain't in this Bible reading it, and it's more than just reading it, it's more than getting a verse and saying amen. You can't even say it is so, just reading it. Can't. This is why God give you the Holy Spirit. And what the Holy Spirit does is, when you go in to read this Bible, you're searching it out, Apostle. You're searching land. And as you search that land, the Holy Spirit will let you know where to stop and say, that right there belongs to you. So illumination comes through that. The, the verse starts speaking to you. You start hearing that verse. You're getting rhema from that verse. It ain't no longer written. It's now rhema because the verse is standing out. It's like a, a light. The word is a lamp under my feet and a light unto my path. The interest of the word gives me light and gives me understanding. The Bible said it even gives it to the simple. So I stop on that verse and I ask these questions. God, what are you saying to me? What do you want me to see through this? Who's doing the talking in this? How can I apply it to my life? And I wait on the Holy Spirit. I don't move on because God is speaking through his word. So then after I'm I'm getting this and and I'm going somewhere else, another place in the Bible that's going to help you more. But I just don't keep reading. You got to hear him when he's speaking. Let me tell you something. Don't make your decisions without this word. It's too many people making decisions that have not been in this word long enough to make none. I'll give you an example. I'm going to use my beautician, Kim. Good beautician. I can go to Kim. I trust Kim. Whatever Kim say my hair need, you you my beautician, you know what my hair need, do what you got to do. 
Out of respect, your beautician will tell you stuff, and you got to trust them to do what they're saying they're going to do. Why? Because she's the beautician. She's skilled in that. I don't know, not lest God tell me something to tell her. But she'll say, okay, this is what you need. This is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to do it. Okay, Kim, you go ahead and do it. Guess what? When I flop, my behind in her seat. I'm looking for her to do what she got to do to my hair. So I put my hair in her hands. Because I trust her with that. So I'm waiting on her to tell me if it's something that she wants me to do, that's what I'm going to do. Because I trust her. And this is what we need to do when it comes to the word. When we park ourselves in our quiet place, we're supposed to say, God, I'm trusting you with my life. Because I don't know what to do today. I don't even know how to do it. I know what I want to do. But I feel like that's not what you want me to do because I'm getting a pull here. So let me just sit here and be still to hear what you want for me to do through this word. Now, don't try these tricks. Oh, Lord, I'm going to die. Don't just flip it open, let it fall somewhere and say, God gave me a word. You know, we do that, don't we? And then say we read something or something feel good. We like God spoke to me because it felt good. But then when it's a warning, I don't think God want me to read that. We flip it over, right? So that's what we have to do, y'all. We have to take the time out in the word. And and I'm going to go somewhere to give you the whole thing to wrap it up. Go with me to Ezra, the seventh chapter, verse 10. Guess what, y'all? Y'all supposed to come in the house of the Lord, be ready to hear, and you're supposed to learn. Ezra, chapter 7, verse 10. Now, Ezra was a priest, and he was a scribe. He's the one that was writing out the law. It said in verse 10, For Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord. Number one, you got to prepare your heart to seek the law of the Lord. Why do you have to prepare your heart? Because if you don't prepare your heart before you get into the word, guess what, y'all? Everything is going to come before the word. You're going to leave that word even if you ain't even finished reading it. So he prepared his heart. Guess why he prepared his heart? He go to key. And to do it. Ezra prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it. He prepared his heart not to only seek God, but to do it. To teach in Israel the statutes and judgments. I'm going somewhere with this. You got too many men and women in the fivefold that have not prepared their heart to seek the Lord. They just after a title and they're not living what they say they're seeking. And you got a lot of people following them because they're saying this, that, or the other. You're going to get a new car. You're going to get a new house. You're going to get a man. You're going to get a woman. You're going to get this, and you're going to get that. You're going to be very successful. Filling up the house, it ain't no word. No word. See, that's what people want to hear. How do I know? Because I was one of those folks. But see, after that feeling left, feeling leave you right after you leave the service or before you leave the service. You're waiting on another antidote. But when I grab hold for myself, I wasn't waiting on nobody to tell me what I'm getting. Because I already know what I already had. So Ezra prepared his heart to seek the Lord and to do it. There is no way you can prepare your heart to seek and not do it. Because if you're preparing your heart to seek and you're not doing it, your heart was never prepared. So he was a leader. He was the one that had to stand before the people. I am so tired of people that want to lead but not preparing themselves to lead. I'll go back to David. 
David was anointed to be king, but he did not act as king until he was ready for kingship. We got too many people that somebody say you a prophet and you going out there trying to tell somebody something and you ain't even in the word to read it. You just love the title prophet. Why am I saying prophet so much? Because there's so many people that's carrying a title of prophet because people said and they're not in the face of God. They're not even in prayer. They're not even setting themselves aside. To say, God, what do you have? And understand this. When God uses a person, it's not going to be outside of his will and his word. And their lifestyle is going to add up with their word. And they're not going to be in the midst of crazy stuff. They're going to end up separating themselves and say, "Uh uh-uh, that's not me no more. They're not trying to get attention. They're not trying to get people to look up to them. They're humbly submitting themselves to God. And they're staying out of the way of people that's trying to exalt them. If you always hear, oh, this one told me this, this one told me that, oh, you need to go see them. They, they get a word from the Lord. Stay away. Because that prophet or whoever they're getting that from, the main thing that they should tell them is you need to seek God for yourself. Everything you need is in the word of God. I'm not God. I'm just telling you what God is telling me. They'll quit calling you. Some people don't want people to quit calling them. That make them feel important. That make them feel like I'm doing something in the body of Christ. So we see what Ezra done, right? He prepared his heart to seek the Lord and do it. Why? Because he had to stand before the people when it come to the word of God. So anybody that want to tell somebody something, you need to be in the word of God, hearing what the word is saying, doing what the word is saying. I ain't never seen a person tell somebody something. And then you ain't going to do it. Okay. Go here with me to Nehemiah, the eighth chapter. I want to show you something, y'all. Won't he do it? He's already done it. Nehemiah chapter eight. Listen at this. And all the people gathered themselves together. Is that not what we're doing? We're coming together, right? And I'm going to verse two. So they gathered themselves together. And the reason why... They were asked in Ezra to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded to Israel. Isn't this something? They gathered themselves together because they wanted Ezra to read from the law, from the commands. Y'all, who does that? Who going to come together and say, come on, now give us the word. That's what we're supposed to be doing today. And look what happened. And Ezra the priest brought the law before the congregation, men and women, and all that could hear with understanding. Now, did it say only men? Anybody? See, this is what I don't like. Some men say a woman should not preach. If God don't want the women to proclaim his word, then why is he going to have them to sit there and listen? Men and women came together to hear the commands of God. This is what they did. And when they come together, they came together not to only hear, but get understanding, y'all. You don't come in here just to hear. You come in here to get understanding of what, what I'm saying. I should not be giving you so many big words you can't understand. It should be so simple when the word is laid out, even a child will tell you, did you hear what apostle said? This is what apostle said. 
That's why we don't use uh, um, big words or we put it in a way that, you know, we think we just so better than anybody else. We just give the word just like it is. So they came to hear even with understanding. And in verse 3 it says, look how long they read it. From morning until midday. What is that, 12 o'clock? What y'all think midday is? I didn't look that up. So they read it that long, men and women and those that could understand and listen at this. And the ears of all the people were attentive unto the book of law. See, when you come in here, your ears, your spiritual ears are supposed to be so attentive so you can hear, so you'll be able to comprehend, so you'll be able to understand. That's why he said, my son, pay attention to my words. Incline thine ear unto my saying. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them, guard them in the midst of thine heart because they are life to all those that find them, right? And health unto all flesh. So when we come into the house of God, we should be very attentive. We shouldn't let people distract us with what they're talking or doing stuff that they shouldn't do because we're coming in here to hear why because we know that God is speaking he's speaking through apostle and I want to take in what he's saying because I know all of God's words are true and I want to be sanctified through the truth I want to be set apart through the truth so when I leave out of the house of God and I come up on situations I remember what the word was saying don't only hear it but be ready to do it so I'm going to separate myself from what the world is doing because I'm applying what I heard. That's how it's supposed to work. You just don't come up in here just to come to say, I've been to church today. You come up in here to hear so you'll be able to do. So people around you will say, you certainly have changed. And they want what you have. So the more you take and apply this word to your life, you're going to know that it worked. And you're going to tell people, no, the word works. This is what the word has done for me. So I know that the word worked. So they were very attentive. And then it says here that Ezra, he stood above the people. You see why the pulpit is standing higher than you are? Because people actually do this to let people know this is where the pastor is. This is where you are. Because they're teaching you. Those are the ones that you're listening to. Those are the ones that you are respecting. Now, you don't honor them above God. But you have respect for them to know that God is using them to teach you and give you what God has given them. Y'all, I'd labor too long over the word of God for people in Miracle Temple not to have change. I should see some change somewhere. And if I don't see some change somewhere, guess what? We got to go back in again and say, Lord, check me. Is there something going on with me because I don't see change in the body of Christ? Guess what? When we come together on one accord, we believe in the same thing. We're going to be acting the same way. We're going to be acting like Jesus. They're going to know who you belong to, and they're going to know even what church you're a part of. I remember people would tell me that people would walk up to them and say, Oh, I know what church you're in. You're in Miracle Temple. Like that was a bad thing. And the reason why, because... People didn't, um, wasn't used to people living a holy life. They were used to people acting like they act. They were used to people going to a party and then going to church and say, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, then falling out on Sunday and then go about their lives through the week and then get on the choir and then start singing to God and people in the church rocking and cutting the food and know that person just got drunk last night. 
cried all on the on the choir and people yeah lord yeah lord that ain't him that's flesh they just heard the club music now they're bringing it in the church and people get mad because you shut that stuff down because that's what they're used to but the more time you spend with god you're gonna know what's out of order because your life has not up in this house shut it down dissect that thing thank god we ain't gonna have no uh what you call it the uh, lecture slide in the church <laughs> and then we look at verse five now listen at this and ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people for he was above all the people and when he opened it i love this all the people stood up you know why because they honored the word they honored god's word they were showing honor to god's word that's why when we began to read the word of god and we're opening it up people stand because they say god i'm ready for your word i'm ready to hear i'm ready to pay attention and then it goes on to say and ezra blessed the lord the great god and all the people answered amen amen with lifting up their hands and they bowed their heads and worshiped the lord with their faces to the ground look how they made the word so much a part of them that they reverence god when the word was being read do you see how much the church is getting out of order you begin to talk about the word and people get mad christians they don't want to hear what you got to say you know why they don't want to hear what you got to say because you speak in truth and that truth is stirring up that flesh and flesh want to turn away from that See, God is going to always give you truth. Why? Because he wants you to be separated. He wants you to be sanctified by the truth. And the next part in here that God was showing me, and he says, so they read in the book of the law distinctly and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading, meaning that it was simple. They didn't say or do anything outside of what the word of God was saying. So everybody would be able to understand that word. Remember, when you set a table, you want to make sure that the word is, that's coming forth is for everybody. That it's broke down for everybody in the room to receive that word. If not, you got to do just like the schools do. You got to have kindergarten on up. Let's take these over here and let's take these over here. But when it comes to the word of God and you got a good teacher, that teacher, God is going to have them to set the table for whoever is in that room and nobody is going to miss that word. This is why God know that everybody is sitting in the same room. So he want to make sure everybody can receive the same thing. So it won't be out of order. And he said in Nehemiah, we look at the different people that was there. But I like this part. When the word of God was taught, they opened up their hearts to hear the word. The Bible said they began to weep. And the reason why they began to weep, because conviction was coming. Because of that word. Y'all, every time you get in that word, some of us may laugh. Some of us may I, I, I smirk sometimes, like, get that little smirk because I'm hearing God. And I'm like, okay, God, you're talking to me. But then sometimes you sit there and cry because you know, oh, God, I'm so sorry. God, I'm sorry for that. I shouldn't have said that. And you begin to weep. That's what they were doing. But this is what they told them. This is why you get the scripture that says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Because when they began to weep, they already knew that what the law was telling them was truth. And they were seeing themselves in that truth. So they began to weep. But Nehemiah and them said, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Meaning that God is already taking care of that. 
So the, go in the joy of the Lord. You don't have to weep no more because guess what, y'all? He already paid for that. So when I'm down and I'm weeping because it may be something I said or something I did, then when I'm hearing the joy of the Lord today is your strength. He already taken care of that. He already paid the price for that. Get up. Wipe yourself off. Go in joy. Go in peace. This is how it's supposed to be for us, y'all. When you do wrong, you don't supposed to be waddling in that wrong for years. Because if you are in the word of God and you're reading the word and you believe in the word, you don't supposed to be in that same place. You don't supposed to let people keep you in that place because you know who you are now that you're in Christ. If you have made amends with somebody, you don't keep talking about that stuff because you made amends with them. You don't have to keep bringing it up. You don't have to keep worrying about what they think or how they feel. I know who I am in God. I'm going to do what God tell me to do outside of anybody. Why? Because I'm hearing and I'm doing and that's the end of it. And if they keep coming up in your face, you depart company. You don't hang around people that's going to keep making you feel like you're nothing. That's going to make you feel like you got to do what they're doing or act like they act. Or if you my friend, you should do this. Let me tell you something. The only friend I have is Jesus. And he sticks closer to me than any brother. I'm not putting you before him. So this is who I am. I don't want to hear that mess no more. Because the more garbage you put in, the more garbage is going to come out. If you see a person that's dictating to you all the time, trying to tell you how to live their life, and it ain't coming from here, you don't listen to that. Some people are so swift. They're so confident in their mess that they can talk so sweet. And you'll be like, wow, wow, that's working for them. Maybe that outside the word ain't working. I don't care how good it sounds, y'all. So God is telling you today, the way you do the word, first of all, you got to start out reading it. And you got to be born again. You got to be saved. A sinner cannot go in this Bible and think that he's going to receive anything from God outside of being born again. Now, if he's ready to change his heart, then okay. Everything that Jesus have gotten for him, he got it while he was in sin. But in order for him to apply all this and to be a doer, he had to accept what Jesus have done. So go into the word, read the word of God. You're going to ask God, how does this apply to my life? God, what are you saying to me? Wait for the word to be illuminated. Guess what? You have a helper, which is the Holy Spirit. That's why you say, Holy Spirit, I don't quite understand that. I need your guidance. I need for you to reveal this. The Bible said the Holy Spirit will reveal. He'll make known unto you. But you got to take the time to be still. To hear what the Holy Spirit have to say on that verse of scripture. He will reveal it unto you. He will give you illumination. He will give you light. So while you're waiting for that light, guess what? Understanding is going gonna, is gonna to come. And the Lord gave me this illustration with hearing and doing. Um, y'all remember driver's ed? And... Before you even got in the car to drive, you had to take a class. Is that not right? You had to take a class, and once you took that class, then you was ready to drive. But notice you had an instructor in the other seat, and he had a brake over there, right? He was in that other seat, and you had to wait for him to speak for you to do what he would tell you to do. When you enter the car, you, you know you had to make it. You had to open the door. He don't have to tell you that. Anybody know you got to open the door to get in the car. But once you sit down in that seat... You got to put that seatbelt on, right? 
He gives you instruction after instruction to tell you what to do. You put on your seatbelt, and guess what? Then you got to put the key in the ignition. You got to be ready to do everything that instructor is telling you to do. Let's say you get in that car, and he's talking to you, and you're still just sitting there. He's talking, but you're just sitting there. He said, I'm waiting on you. And the person said, no, I'm waiting on you. He said, I done gave you instructions. What else you want me to do? Well, what did you say? Put on your seatbelt. What is that? <laughs> they barely passed because in the class they were cheating. They didn't even know what a seatbelt was because they ain't used to wearing a seatbelt. What's the purpose of a seatbelt, y'all? So you got to get understanding of different things. People going to know what you understand by what you do and how you live. So if you cannot tell me that you in this word 24-7 and you living like, like a heathen, and you're doing stuff that don't represent this word. People say, oh, you just hardcore. You don't want people sleeping with people. You don't want people doing this. You don't want people doing it. it ain't me. It's just what the word is saying. I'm only telling you what the word is saying. People get so offended when they say, don't be laying with everybody you don't supposed to be laying with. If you ain't married with them, you married to them, you better run. Because you're supposed to flee fornication. And people are like, I know that. Do you know it enough to say, don't look at me like that. Do you know it enough to say, don't hold my hands? Do you know it enough to say, don't let them, no, I can't touch them lips? Because it leads up to fornication. So anything that's going to put you in a place that you don't supposed to be in, you're supposed to flee it. If even looking at that woman, Raheem, not Raheem, you over there, Daquan, he knows. Even looking at that woman, Daquan, and it give you a feeling. You better be like James Brown. Say, I got the feeling, but it got to go. And y'all think this is a joke, but this is true. You got to keep yourself. And while you keep yourself, it's through the word. That's when he go dive in that word and say, Holy Spirit, I need it right now. And you know what some people say? They're young. Everybody needs somebody. You don't want to be by yourself all your life. They had eunuchs in the Bible. Some people ain't going to have a mate. Because God set them apart for a certain reason. Then the ones that have a mate, God said, wait on them. Because once you get to know him so good, you ain't less than like you used to look. Drooling all from the mouth. A woman come and see drool coming all out the mouth. Look like a dog. <laughs> That's just how some of them are. Like they ain't never seen a woman before. It's the truth. Ducking and dodging and trying to act like you helping a woman, being nice to a woman. You know what you after. L let me carry that for you. Let me do this right here for you. You know what you're working yourself up to? If you're hearing the word, you're supposed to do the word. So you can't, and guess what? We do fall, don't we? But when we fall, we learn a lesson. Have y'all ever seen a child, they fall, and they remember that fall, and they try to make sure they don't fall, feel us again like that? Because my little Jayana fall when she's running, she'll come down my steps a little bit of time. <laughs> she's making sure she don't go back the way she came. So what am I telling you, Christians? If you fell into a bed of fire, fire. And you know you fell in that bed. You don't want to go back to that bed no more. 
You don't do things to tempt people. When it comes to relationships, you don't even allow a man in your bedroom. You only allow a woman in your bedroom. That's off limits because it's a bed in there. Sit right here. As far as you go. You know why? Because those are things that represent other things. People don't even believe it. Sometimes we think we're strong enough to handle it. Next thing we know, we're caught up in the act. Lord, what have I done? Now you done made a connection, and all you think about is connection more than you think about God. Now you're saying, oh, I done messed up, and then you go back again into the fire because it's right up here. And everybody say, where well, they're young. How's that okay, saved, sanctified person? Filled of the Holy Ghost falling all over the floor every Sunday and then telling young folks, it's okay, I had my day too. When you hear the word, you do the word. And you don't go outside of what the word is saying. You don't get caught up in stuff. Y'all, if you really want to change, you'll change. How do I know? Get a doctor's report to tell you if you don't stop eating what you're eating, you're going to die. Next time you look at that person in a week, they're so slim, and you wonder what happened. What kind of diet you on? Well, my doctor told me if I didn't quit eating, I was going to die, so I just cut back. You tell me you can't cut back with sin? Come on, why is it when man tell us something, we take man seriously? I mean, it was a woman. You know who the woman is, honey. They told her she had to lose 50 pounds or she was going to die early before she had 50. You know what I'm talking about, right? I'll tell you later. Anyway, <laughs> he, he know, he, he going to remember because every time they would go on these diets and they would say, the doctor told me if I don't lose weight, this is what's going to happen to me. And they were serious about their weight. They had the family in on the weight, telling the family what to eat. And everybody was listening to that person. They still living, still eating, and still big. And they done got past 50. But when the doctor told them, they shut everything off. Begin to read books on the Atkinson diet. And I'll give you an example. My husband wanted to lose weight, and he saw, that was that person. I believe they told you about that same diet. His wife told him, don't do that diet. No. He will not listen to me. So I let him go head on. I remember we went to this basketball game. I kept looking at my husband. I said, he just don't look right. <laughs> Y'all, he'd get up and fry his little stuff like he wanted it and not eat his breads. He was on that diet for real. I'm sitting there. My husband just didn't look right. I said, he just don't look right. He finally admitted it and he quit it. He said, I've been so weak. <laughs> He said, I've been so weak, I couldn't hardly make it. I couldn't hardly make it up in here today. He had lost so much weight, y'all. Come to find out the diet was causing cancer. But he wanted to do it because they did it. So he wanted to prove he could do it. I said, you go right on with yourself. I'm eating my food like I always ate my food. If you want to do this, do it. I said, this is how you eat. You eat by pulling back little portions at a time. Everything God made is good, but it's how you eat what God's made. 
when you try to do it man's way, you're going to fall off that wagon because you're trying to keep up with what man doing and you ain't even ready to do what man tell you to do. And then you gain more weight than you had after you do it. The weight come on quicker. But when we listen to the Holy Ghost and say, give me my diet plan. Leave them sodas alone. Leave them cookies alone. Leave this alone and eat moderately. What is it saying that you say you eat to live, not live to eat? Be a hearer and a doer. So y'all, if we take the word for what it is and say, God, this is what your word said. Now, Holy Spirit, I need your help to help me to do what the word of God is telling me to do. Y'all, first of all, you got to get into the word. And I'm feeling so grieved in my spirit because people are not in the word the way they need to be. When you're really in that word and, and know that you're in that word, you wouldn't hold a fence so long. You wouldn't be um, um, talking about people. You wouldn't be doing stuff that you're doing so long because the word is what sanctifies. It separates you from all of that stuff. The word quickens you. The word brings life unto you. The Holy Spirit begins to speak to you and let you know, nope. That's not how you should do with that situation. Holy Spirit said, go apologize. Quick. You don't have a problem because that's your lifestyle. And the more you enter the word, the more you live the word. And it becomes so easy because it's so much a part of you. Have you noticed people that are really deep in sin? They don't see it. Because it's so much a part of them that it's their everyday living. And if you bring it to their attention, they're like, that's normal. That's just who I am. Because that's who you made yourself to be. This is why we cannot be conformed to this world. But we got to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. That's when we're going to know what the good and acceptable will of God is. That's when we're going to prove it. So get into your word. Let the word get into you. And as the word get into you, that's what's going to end up coming out of you. And you're going to end up turning away from stuff before anybody tell you to turn away from it. Because discerning of spirits is going to come up through you. You're going to know what spirit that person is of. When the, when the Holy Spirit said, don't go over there, you don't go. Just because everybody else in the church is going, if he said, no, you don't go. You don't need to be a part of that. Guess what? Somebody's going to come back and tell you, I shouldn't have went. I shouldn't have went. But I went. So get into the word, y'all. Let the word get into you so you can apply it to your life. And the more you apply it, the more manifestation you're going to see. But how can you try something you're not in? How can you try something you don't believe? It's time out to be telling people stuff and you ain't living it. It's time out to quit faking it to make it. Don't tell people God said you're prosperous and you're begging for money. Don't tell people God said you heal and, and you're around there crying and hollering out and this is going on, that going on, and you complaining. But guess what? It don't change God's word just because you don't believe it. God is still faithful to his word. So if you do tell somebody and you're not doing it, sooner or later people are going to find out you're not doing it, but it don't change what the word is saying. But I don't know about y'all. I want a part of the word. I want all the word. God, if you're giving it to me, God is mine. So apply the word to every situation in your life, and I guarantee you it will work because it's already worked. It's been proven throughout the Old Testament on up to the New that the word works. Let's take time to get into it. And y'all, we can come more together in the body of Christ. And every joint can supply without somebody telling you what to do. Why? Because you're in the word. And the word is doing it for you. Amen. Come on and give God a hand clap of praise.
Praise God. At this time, do we have any visitors that would like to stand? Any visitors at this time? Okay, can we have the announcements? 